Week 7 is going to tell us a lot about a lot of different teams. Do the Patriots or Falcons have a bigger Super Bowl hangover? Will the Bills, Seahawks, Cowboys, and Bengals shake off their bye week rust, or will it lead to another sloppy week of games? And finally, what will the Packers look like without Aaron Rodgers? We've got everything you need to know for your fantasy matchup, and maybe even an answer or two to those questions. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott hey. and Tom. Hey, everybody. And we are here with our week seven preview. We've got about half of our regular season left, or maybe a little bit less than half now. And uh, our caps are flying off. Yeah, Tom's at the at the thought of the season being half Just over. Gronk spiked the cap to my water bottle. In celebration, I'm still riding that high. Yeah, now you don't have to take the bot the cap off while you're getting a drink while we're recording, so that's uh well, that's, very convenient for you. That's how I do it. Week seven, gentlemen, what's the one thing so far that's catching your eye about these games? They look completely unpredictable. A lot of them look like very tough to call and make heads or tails of. Like for example, kind of tough to see what's going to happen in the uh, Bills Bucks game. What's going to happen in the Vikings Ravens game? There's a lot of inter-conference games that you don't really get to see a lot, but I think that it'll be made up for by uh, Sunday night and Monday night because there's two great game schedules for them. Lack of familiarity always breeds high-scoring games, so we're hoping for a little bit of that. Tom, what's your highlight going into this week? Well, it was funny how we were highlighting all the teams coming off the bye in a couple episodes ago, and then most of them actually did pretty badly. Yeah. So I'm actually still holding out that Seahawks hope and I'm really hoping for Russell Wilson here, Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham. He's playing the Giants. Yep. That should be a juicy matchup. Yeah, I mean, they got the only productive Eric Ebron game of this decade out of him <laughs> uh, that defense produced. So uh, you never know. I'm, I'm interested to see Procise as well in that game because he should be playing uh, this week, which should be interesting. Um, but let's get to uh, let's get to our preview segments, and uh, we started off with plum picks last week. This week we're going back to the man, the myth himself, John Taffer. Give it to us. Shut it down. Let's get our John Taffer shut it downs for this week, starting with our quarterbacks, and we'll go with Scott. Who you got? I am going to give the old shutdown to Trevor Simeon, uh, and it's interesting. I think a lot of people would play him based off of how well he did against the Chargers the first time they played each other. But it is a much different story this time. Uh, Manuel Sanders banged up. Chargers defense actually looks like it's rounding into form a little bit, a little better than it was previously. And I think without, you know, I just really think Sanders is a big hit to that offense. Puts a lot of attention on DT. And I think Semyon's going to struggle this week. And Semyon is nursing a shoulder injury himself. And so he may not even finish this game if he takes a hit the wrong way. So that's a really good call, Scott. And DT didn't look all that healthy himself. Right, yeah. So it's is he going to be peppering Benny Fowler and leading them to victory? It's going to be uh, – it's hard to believe. And it's away at the Chargers. Right. So Simeon's been much better at home this year. Yeah, by a A lot of quarterbacks shot. follow that trend. And I'm not starting Simeon this week unless I was absolutely desperate. Yeah. Who you got, Tom? I'm shutting down Jameis Winston, also um, nursing a shoulder injury. And for a lot of the things that Don just said, if you start a quarterback who's got an injury 
in a matchup that's not super juicy anyway, right. and he gets hit the wrong way, you're going to leave with like less than five points, around five yeah, points, if you're lucky. De- it could be devastating, yeah. Yeah, and that thing can kind of just blow up. Not to mention, versus the Bills, I shut down Trevor Simeon versus the Bills. You know? Right, yeah, and, and now, it worked. Uh, and it worked. And now a hurt Jameis Winston going against a pretty good defense here. We've had a small sample size of Doug Martin. Obviously, Mike Evans is a, you know, great caliber player right. here. But what can Jameis do if he's hobbled? What can he do if he's if he can't be throwing the ball with that great of success? And what happens if Fitz Magic comes in and gives us that Fitz tragic that we've seen right. so many times? Yeah, especially with the Bills. Uh defense really starting to roll um I, I kind of agree with you there um you know I was thinking too like I have Deshaun Jackson in a league and I'm thinking about flexing him but like I'm waiting to see if Fitzpatrick will actually get the start and if he does I think I'm going to play Jackson but if if Winston is in I think I'm going to bench Jackson because with his shoulder you know Deshaun Jackson is a deep ball threat and I don't think that James is going to be able to throw the ball far enough in this game you know, even if he tries to play through an injury. Absolutely. And from what we've seen so far, it's a good thing that you bring up Deshaun Jackson. They don't really use him in screens that much. And Tampa Bay as a team really hasn't used Evans or Jackson in wide receiver screens, which would be something I think that both of them would be pretty effective at. Yeah. So um, we always want more screens. Yeah. We just literally want screens to everyone. Yeah. Anyone who's good. <laughs> I caught a ton of flack for my shut it down quarterback last week because it seemed pretty obvious. Well, wait until you hear this one. My shut it down quarterback is Andrew Luck. What? Not, not for this week. Shut him down for the season. You can cut Andrew Luck if you have him. It's over. Like hit, we're in week seven. There is still no timetable for it, for his return. The Colts are last in their division. Granted, they're only one game behind, but that is going to continue to to creep right. up and up and up. You know, the Texans look good. The Titans look like they're rounding into form. The Jaguars look Jags like they're not anybody. going anywhere. Yeah, Jags can beat anybody too. I agree. I, I had luck in one league, and I, I caught him, I think, like two weeks ago. So I agree really? with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I just had a bad feeling, and... Uh, you know, and you were just, rewarded for it. It was. It's just time to go. And then once I saw the setback, you know, obviously that made me feel a little better. But I also looked at his matchups down the road, and he had to play like Denver and uh, another really good pass defense. So I was like, all right, even if I make the playoffs, I'm just going to sit him. So I might as well just give him the snips now, and seems like it won't be a problem. <laughs> and the other thing is, you probably got luck super late if you, if you drafted at the end of August when it, it was shown that he was going to miss multiple weeks at the beginning of the season. So you got him at a pretty cheap discount. It's not going to kill you to cut him. It's not going to cost you like your eighth or ninth round pick anymore. Right. You know, I got luck in the 12th round in the league that I got him in. And I literally got him because I was like, okay, luck will be back by week six. My other quarterback is Russell Wilson. That'll be, that'll be his bye week. Luck will come in and it'll be good to go. I've already had to keep three quarterbacks on my roster. And that is just so... That's just such a pigeonhole on your roster yeah. to have to carry three quarterbacks, and especially if one of them literally might not play a down this season because at this point they got to think long-term with Luck here, and the long-term thing is he doesn't need to play this season if the Colts are going to look as bad as they've looked so far. I'm still holding on to him. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold out hope as long as you want, but if you look at that schedule, I bet you drop him. I'm not even kidding. If you look at his upcoming schedule, I bet you drop him. I was joking around in a group chat today. Because when I drafted Luck, I was like, steal of the draft. Got him so late. <laughs> so someone was talking about, you know, the setback came out today on Twitter and all that. Right. Posted in the chat. I go, steal of the draft. 
All right, let's uh, let's move to running backs. Tom, who are you shutting down at the running back position? I'm going to shut down uh, basically the Broncos' backfield. You see Booker this week gets a touchdown. C.J. Anderson, apart from the one big game versus Dallas, which is really um, because of game script, they went up and uh, Emmanuel Sanders went off that game, if right. you remember. Two quick so touchdowns. He, yeah, so he got so much time in a positive game script. They're not world beaters like that. That's no. just not who they are. They're not going to be ahead like that very often, and they're certainly not going to be ahead like that this week um, versus the Chargers, who we were talking about having improved defense. Right. So my purpose in saying this is that Jamal Charles is getting work um, more than like Adrian Peterson was on the Saints. Right. right. And you see what happens when Adrian Peterson leaves. The two people can flourish, but you've got Threes, three. very muddled. Booker's yeah. the one who scores this week. It's basically roulette wheel style. Yeah. Um, who's going to be a benefactor of that? And I'm not paying for it at all. Yeah, I don't blame you. I agree. I agree with you there. That's it's getting too too muddled, like you said. And you know, Anderson hasn't been effective enough to to take over that role. And they've given him the chance, and they've done it before. So I could see even more carries starting to go to Charles, and even more touches starting to go to Booker. And it's just yeah. a mess. He's the yardage leader on the team, and one of the yardage leaders really in the NFL, which is the only hope for C.J. Anderson. Like, right. obviously, if you have C.J. Anderson, you have to start him. Yeah. Then you have to start him. But you're worried because of this these extra mouths to feed. Yeah. And if you have Jamal Charles and if you have Booker and you're thinking about starting them because they've scored recently, I wouldn't count on it again. Yeah, I agree with you. Scott, we'll swing it out to you on a halfback swing pass. Who's your shutdown halfback? I am going to shut down Ty Montgomery. Uh, I just think that... New Orleans is kind of going to go all out to stop the run and make Hunley throw on Crawley and on Lattimore because they just have they these corners have been playing really well and you know they got to test that they have to test Hunley so I think that they will. New Orleans has only allowed two touchdowns to running backs all season and uh, I just think that Tymont is still going to be split in work anyway because their their best week. chance really is is clock control I think too so I could see a lot of Aaron Jones a lot, a lot of carries for him and you know a. Uh, you know, 10 to 13 touch day for Montgomery isn't going to really yield much if New Orleans is going all out to stop the running backs. His big time production was when they were using him at a pace that was going to outtouch David Johnson of last year. Right. So we're going to see some point regression and the fact that Aaron Jones is out there and they're, you know, the two mouths to feed. I think they stick with that strategy at least till the bye. Yeah. to get him some recovery time that's well well deserved and well needed. Yeah. A very long list of things working against Ty Montgomery right now, which is not something specifically in DraftKings or FanDuel that you want to have out there yeah. in your lineup, especially because his price has probably increased a lot over the course of the season. I'm shutting down Doug Martin. Um, he plays the Bills. The uneasiness in the past game means that they're likely to rely on the ground game. If I know that, then I think the Buffalo Bills know that, especially with a defensive-minded head coach like Sean McDermott. So I'm really worried about Martin. He does get the volume. He does get the goal line looks, and that's all awesome to see and hear. But it's quality over quantity when you're playing against a talented defense like the one Buffalo is building. Yeah, and Buffalo's defense has been great against running backs too. I was I was looking into doing my own independent research as I was trying to figure out who sh- who I should play in the league. I have Hyde, McCaffrey, and Doug Martin, and uh, you know my my research kind of led to going against Doug Martin too. So I agree with you. I think you know they have to make Jameis throw if he's out there because of his shoulder. And then on the flip side, you're gonna make Fitzpatrick throw. 
Scott and I were weighing the pros and cons of that lineup, and today I was staring at one of my own, and I think I'm going Joe Mixon over Doug Martin this week as well. I agree with you there too. All right, let's move to wide receivers now. Scott, you got a guy who is uh, still, I think his status might still be up in the air, so it's something that fans are going to need to monitor as well as possibly just forget about and leave him on the bench this week. Yeah, I think Stefan Diggs is better left on the bench this week. Um, you know, I've heard I, the, what I've read makes it seem like there's a pretty good chance that he can come back, but Baltimore has only allowed four receivers over 50 yards this year. He's banged up. I expect a lot of McKinnon because Baltimore's actually been run on, and I, I kind of think this game might be a, more of a defensive struggle. And, um, you know, I think that Diggs, if he's out there, could easily play that decoy role, and, and then it, it helps Thielen, you know, eat up a little bit. Absolutely, and that's kind of what I was going to swing to. Diggs is more of their big play wide receiver, so you got to think that they're going to kind of stray away from that and go to Adam Thielen. Because the Baltimore defense just has not allowed those big plays in the past game. Like you said, only four receivers have eclipsed 50 yards. And I think two of them were Alan Hearns and Marquise Lee in the London game. Which we've all kind of thrown away as an anomaly for that Ravens defense. So right. I think, yeah, you're right. Even if Diggs plays, I think he's a tough option to trust this week. I was looking at the wrong document i was looking at last week so i was like oh scott's shutting down demarius thomas again so <laughs> after, guy, after that <laughs> no you can start i don't even know if that was last week sure. anyway but i was looking at the wrong one right because i was going off the the top of the dome for mine right <laughs> anyway scary uh, that's... <laughs> so is it my turn then? yeah yeah, yeah buddy, all yours, unless you want me to go all right i'm gonna go tyrell williams here He's had one game where he kind of exploded and the rest were pretty mediocre. We did see the the debut of Mike Williams out there. We've still got Travis Benjamin. We see Hunter Henry getting a lot of targets. Antonio Gates is still out there. Melvin like Gordon. we said, yeah, Melvin Gordon dominating yeah. the pass game. There's just so many mouths to feed. And for me, like I know we've teetered on the is he droppable range before. Um after this game, you know, I'm not playing him versus the Broncos. You probably weren't going to anyway. But then next week, he has New Orleans, or not New Orleans, New England, right. who's been historically the new bad New Orleans right now. <laughs> yeah, the new New Orleans, New England. And uh, then he's got the bye. So right. literally, if he can't do it versus New England, you can drop him, you can replace him. And guess what? No one's even going to pick him up yeah. because he's got the bye. So try out someone new. So, you know, some of the other guys we might mention in the waiver episodes and just. You know, if you got to go back to the well, go back to the well, but you're not missing much. No, he caught one deep ball all season. He's another guy that I got two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't have yeah. him either. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, if it's it's tempting versus New England, you know? Yeah. And then bye week, no one's going to want him. Absolutely. Yeah. It's time for our most decorated segment player ever. My shut it down wide receiver is T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> the Colts play I, the Jags. It's a shut it down T.Y. <laughs> Hilton week. <laughs> Don's fun pick last week. Tom's uh, shut it down two weeks before. My <laughs> played Seattle. Three, you know, it, like yeah. it's just it's it's the roller coaster. Yeah. yeah, at least it's been relatively easy to predict. Yeah, and Hilton Besides Ho- last week. Yeah, but that was crazy. Yeah. And Hilton hotels are have actually been like the same for me in my experience. It's like great hotel, pool is closed. Great <laughs> hotel, weight rooms disgusting. Like. So that's kind of how the player's been as well. Um, he gets A.J. Bouye. He gets Jalen Ramsey. I don't care who's on him. He's not going to play very well. If And now with the luck news, I mean, he's a flex wide receiver three consideration 
going forward if Brissett has to carry the load for the rest of this season. And it's that's just tough. It's I just agree. a tough break for T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he's year. really like a flex option because he's so love. He's so hate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it, it's just a flex play. It's me. sad because he's such a good receiver. Yeah. yeah, and he's still got a bunch of yardage, but yeah. um, he's never been a huge red zone threat, and that's always going to preclude him from that uh, that top spot without Andrew Luck. Yeah, it's seeming like it's going to have to – it can't even just be – matchup based like a decent matchup it has to be like a good matchup to play ty hilton and you still and he certainly doesn't have yeah. one this week yeah no doubt let's move to tight ends scott you're about to break tom's heart with yours yeah i'm about to break tom's heart actually because i am shutting down cameron Brait, and i think that closes out basically the entire buccaneers offense we've yeah. shut down <laughs> james winston doug martin and cameron Brait. Wow. um they're not too confident they're definitely going to put up 40 but <laughs> yeah. um you know i think Game flow is going to dictate a lot of this. You know, I kind of expect it to be more of a defensive game that the that the Bills kind of dictate with LeSean McCoy. And then, you know, they don't really blow anybody out. So the pass attempts don't have the weapons really might it. not be there. And Brait has been awesome, don't get me wrong. And I, 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 he's great. But, you know, he has really benefited from some positive game scripts. He scored touchdowns late when they were, you know, kind of rallying in a comeback mode. And I don't really see them you know, being able to do that that effectively against the Bills. And I don't think the game is going to be high scoring enough that he's just going to get, you know, these eight or nine targets he's beginning in this comeback mode for them. I'm still starting him. Not that I disagree vehemently or anything. Right. You know, like I literally shut down Jameis Winston. But for him. You can him, shut down a quarterback. He's just a. He's one just pick a, is tight end. Trust yeah. me. As a tight end, like it's just a one ball can make the day. Right. And I'm yeah. too scared to shut down Cameron right after this, uh, this bender he's been Right. On. And, you know, I was. I was kind of on the fence, and it was it was tough to really find a tight end that like I didn't really like that people are actually playing. It's actually a really good week for tight ends. It, it was is. tough for yeah. me to find someone to shut down. As yeah, well. um, but you know Buffalo has only allowed twenty four catches, two hundred five yards, and no touchdowns to the tight end this year. So it just makes me think that yeah. it might be the week that Brait doesn't score. Hard Brait Hotel for Tom. Who you got as your shutdown tight end? Well, Brait is going to break out that mold this week, <laughs> but my shutdown tight end is. Zachary Miller versus Carolina. Oh, if you said Ertz, I would have turned your <laughs> mic off and stopped the show. Well, so I, w- I want to mention, you know, you're probably a little bit high on Zach Miller right now if you're a Zach Miller owner. He had that touchdown, but it was really like a gadget play. Right. Terry Cohen throws in the ball. He's and- the favorite target of two of their best passers. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, either way, um, Carolina's very good against the tight end. If Luke Keekley plays, which it's still possible, then, you know, it, it's a lot worse off for Zach yeah. Miller. Luke Keekley's a really good coverage tight end. <laughs> really coverage good. Coverage linebacker on tight ends. And um, I just don't see Zach Miller having that great of a performance pretty much regardless because yeah. the culture of that team is, is, is built around the defense. They had a really off year um, last year yeah. as far as that culture, but you can see that it's kind of building back up. No doubt. I'm shutting down Kobe Fleener. The Packers have not allowed a touchdown to a tight end this year. And Fleener sucks. And he's terrible. Yeah, he didn't yeah. even catch a pass last week. You better not start him. Okay. Well, there we go. He's dropping two toddies now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get from our players who we're feeling are not going to be that great to the players we've got a really great feeling about. In our plums. I can feel it down in my plums. Let's get to our plum picks, starting with quarterback. Scott, we are continuing our coverage of Tampa Bay Buffalo. We are. We do not have to recap this game no, at all. At because all. I've actually got one in the pipeline as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be fine. Um, 
my quarterback for this week and I think for a couple weeks to follow is going to be Tyrod Taylor. Um, he just has a really high floor, and he gets a lot of matchups where he can actually have a pretty high ceiling this week. So this week he plays Tampa, who's just been getting burned by everybody. And, uh, you know, he coming up he plays Oakland and then uh, the Jets, which has been pretty favorable toward quarterbacks, and he has another – I mean, he plays New England, you know, so so throughout the year, he's having better and better matchups and doesn't really turn the ball over. This week is, is like, like I said, it's a weird week matchup-wise. So for me, Tyrod is a good play because he's going to have that high floor where he's going to throw for probably 250 and maybe a touchdown and run for like 30 yards. But that ceiling could go even higher because of how bad Tampa is. Tom watching Scott read his notes on Tyrod Taylor was like a proud father watching his son <laughs> hit his first home run. That was awesome. Um, Tom, who you got at quarterback this week? I'm going to not shut down and feel it in my plums <laughs> about Big Ben Roethlisberger, which is a little bit risky. He's Some been say. hot garbage. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But he's at home. He's playing Cincinnati. Yeah, he is at home. Had to check. He's at home. There's yeah. no way I would have put him there if he wasn't at home. <laughs> I, would I don't know what not. I'm checking. Yeah. He's at home. He's playing Cincinnati. These guys hate each other. And if Big Ben is nothing, he's a gamer. Yeah. Right? He's not just going to let this one be decided by the fate of some stupid play or um, an interception that he makes. This is a game that he's going to fight to the bitter end. You know what I mean? It's not as useless as versus the Jags where he's like, oh, dang, the Jags whooped on me. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to take that from the Bengals. He's an absolute gamer. He's at home, which is his big, you know, that's his big disparity, home and away, right. generally. I know the Jags did him dirty at home, but I feel a bounce back game coming for Big Ben. Um, they know to get Le'Veon Bell involved, and all that takes is just dump passes or something like that, and Ben's stats are going to shoot right up. Yeah, as and well. he can throw almost a sure pick Antonio Brown's way, and it'll just bat around and be a touchdown. So maybe he'll get two of those. Uh, you know, uh, the Bengals defense has actually been pretty good this year, so this is fully in the plums, and I respect the hell out of that. I'm no- starting, <laughs> and he's at home. Nothing goes better with a burger than Heinz. So uh, I've that I've, was good. Thank yeah. you. My plum pick quarterback is Josh McCown. Did you make that up? No, I've uh, never heard. Really it. good. They should say that way more often. Today's episode of Run Up the Score is brought to you by Heinz. <laughs> um, I've got Josh McCown as my uh, as my plum pick quarterback. I think he rocks. That you know they play the Dolphins. <laughs> what else do you want? I mean, you know? they did pretty decently against Matt Ryan, but I I do think that their pass offense is really making a lot of strides, and he he loves Safarian Jenkins, and Safarian Jenkins looks like he's really good. So I think he could ride him to another good, solid game. He's very serviceable in DFS, and that was kind of the thing that was informing my thing. I'm not saying like go pick up Josh McCown and start him as your as your single quarterback in a standard league. Just like do it, but yeah, you could do it. But I think he's worth a he's a very affordable option in DFS this week and playing against a defense that could be better. And we'll just leave it at that. Um, Let's move on to running backs. Tom, you've got one of the Atlanta running backs against New England. Yeah, um, Tevin Coleman. So, obviously, we've talked about how soft of a target New England has been this year. I mean, it feels like we're talking about it every week, and rightfully so. But someone who's not getting credit in the Falcons' offense is Tevin Coleman. I'm going to read to you his scores, right? So, first week, 5.8, nothing special. 
and 9.6. That's a startable RB2 in any um, league format, right? right? That's I'll a great floor, 8-point floor. That's, that's standard, though, And that right? was standard. That was my little trick, oh, Scotty. Sorry. Nice for catching on. <laughs> that was standard. Right. So even in the game where he scored five points, he had four receptions. Yeah. So this guy's totaling you about 10 points every at single least. game at a minimum. And now he's going up against one of the, or the softest target in the NFL right now, in the New England Patriots, in a rivalry game again. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're not going to let this one die out. Big Ben style. They're gonna, you know what I mean. Right. All these yeah. people hate each other this week. This is mini rivalry, rivalry week in yeah. the NFL. And plus, we know when the Fal- if the Falcons happen to jump out to a big lead, we know they love running the ball with a big lead. <laughs> so I think that this is going to be a really good game for both Atlanta running backs because I'm sure if they get a big lead in this game, they're gonna run the ball a lot. <laughs> Scotty, who are you rolling with this oh, week? Sure, too. Um, piggybacking off of Tom's in the same game, I'm going with James White. How can you not go with James White after what he did to the Falcons last year? <laughs> Come on, this was a Super Bowl MVP. You don't think James My White allegedly? You don't Mine think too. James White is in practice this week. Like, ooh, baby, I better be loose. I'm, I'm going to get some and, work. And the Falcons defense has shown that they don't know how to stop the James White types of the world. They've lit up huge numbers to pass catching running backs throughout the course of this year. One of the big timeout breakout games in Week Two was against that Atlanta defense. Right. Same thing happened with Tariq Cohen. His breakout game happened against the Atlanta Falcons. And even Jay Ajay. And even yeah. Jay Ajay. good last week. Yep. So I, I like it. I think James White, he's an every week starter in any format PPR league. He's a good standard play this week, too, just because of the yardage that I think he's going to accumulate. I'm going beast mode. The Chiefs are on a short week. The Raiders need a win. They also know that the Chiefs' defense has been beaten up a little bit. They certainly were beaten up by Le'Veon Bell. I think this is the kind of game that the Raiders went out and got Marshawn Lynch for. I see 18 carries, maybe more, for Marshawn Lynch, and I think he converts one of those into a touchdown, which for a player like him, that's all he really needs to give you the value that you want. I got to say, I'm pretty surprised that you picked him. <laughs> I got him and him McCown down. as my plump You've <laughs> been shutting him down all year. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily. I think maybe agree, <laughs> but um, you know, he he could he could get in the end zone. I mean, just putting it out there, like as a team, I'm going. My plum pick is I think the Raiders beat the Chiefs tomorrow on Thursday night. Okay, I think it's a big get right game. Just for have them. some attitude with Marshawn, and he's just drunk. Yeah. And I hope you're right. That'd Me too. Cool. He's um, due for one. Yeah. So am I. Um, let's go to wide receivers. <laughs> Tom, let's uh, let's get the rest of the Tampa Bay Buffalo preview out of the way. Who is your plum pick receiver? Well, I'm bringing back an old friend <laughs> from one of the first plum picks ever. I'm bringing back Zay Jones. We've already talked about how good this matchup is. Tampa Bay is – they're one and two, New England and Tampa Bay, as the most points allowed in fantasy right. um, as a defense. So who is going to score these touchdowns that Tyrod is going to be throwing? Somebody's got to do it, right? There's, right. N- there's no Jordan Matthews right now. He's not even catching balls with that hand that he has hurt. There's no Charles Clay. There's a new replacement tight end, whatever. But now the rep leader so is Jay Jones. Yep. Yep. So something's got to give some time, right? Yep. And if you're not brave enough to go start him um, – 
I would say he's maybe worth a roster at this point because the schedule is looking right for the Bills. I'm Past back by on week, the which Bills. is a very valuable commodity <laughs> at this point in the year because you got a lot of teams. The majority of the league still has to have their bye week, and that was actually something else that I should have mentioned that's informing my opinion of Andrew Luck. You can't have a quarterback who's hurt on your roster and have a quarterback coming up with a bye still coming up. But anyway, still Zay got Jones, a little bit more. Oh, go ahead. His DraftKings price. $3,600, which is dirt cheap. And his FanDuel price, $4,500, which is the FanDuel minimum. So they have finally disrespected him to the point where he's affordable. Wow. And he has the perfect matchup. So the intersection is just right. Yeah. Okay. I, I hope I hope you're right. I want to see him score so bad. I want to see him score bad. <laughs> Scotty. I've been waiting my whole life. Let's go to life. you. Um, this one is apparently also a little injury-based, too, because Marquise Lee came up with a knee injury today. Uh, he was he did not practice. Yeah, mm. so interesting. But if he does play, I really like him in this matchup because Blake Bortles in his last four starts against uh, Indy, 275 yards and two touchdowns with no picks on average. Hasn't thrown a pick in the last four starts against Indy. I think Fournette could be a little dinged up. This could be a week to try to get some reps in with the pass game. Marquise Lee had maybe his best, one of his best showings last week, and I think he picks up on that with a big game against the Colts. I almost plum-picked Blake Bortles instead. Um, it's a great matchup. You're informing my decision now to maybe even actually switch some of those, maybe one of those Big Ben lineups. I've got two mm-hmm. rolling out there and uh, throw Blake Bortles a start. Also, the... This is what I was going to say if I used him, uh-huh. is that the Colts' defense has allowed over 20 points to every quarterback they've placed, faced so far. Wow. Not very good. It's not very not good. at all. <laughs> Speaking of not very good, Aaron Rodgers' first game as an injured Packers player is this week. I'm plum-picking one of his receivers anyway, though. I've got Devontae Adams. I think he is a... Big-time breakout candidate with Brett Hundley. I think we're going to kind of see just how talented he is by doing it with Hundley and Rodgers. And like as we said, I think Cobb and Jordy's value may have been a little bit more tied to Aaron Rodgers than Adams because he's more of a physically gifted receiver. He's a big guy. He can get separation. He's strong. He can make those tough goal line catches. And, you know, they play the Saints. I mean, this this game could be very could very well be high scoring. If the Saints jump out to a lead, you know the Packers are going to be throwing. I think some people might have been saying, "Ooh, I better not play Devontae Adams this week." No, I'm full steam ahead. He's my wide receiver one in one of my leagues this week. I would play Devontae Adams this week as well, um, but I do I am fearful of the Saints defense a little bit here coming up. It, it's like would I would I start Brett Hundley or would I start the Saints? Defense. The Saints and defense. When I, yeah, when I think about that, then I that kind of informs my decision about what I would want to do with my offensive pieces in fantasy. Right. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Uh, but, you know, Don Payne's a good picture. Devontae Adams is their, their most, I guess, athletically gifted receiver. So we can assume that maybe he, he'll tend to lean on that. But, you know, he also has to compete with some some very experienced receivers with Jordy and Cobb. It makes me think, you know, okay, maybe Hundley can do this, but you know, I would I would have some skepticisms, but like you said, he's the best he's the best athlete they have on that offense. This is a tough matchup for Green Bay, and I probably should save this for a game preview, but I mean they're they got, they're playing against a defense that's playing lights out for the last four weeks, if you count their bye. So it's gonna be a tough one. Let's move to tight ends. Tom, you're back on the bandwagon with one of your boys at tight end this week. I'm going with Tyler Croft here. 
Um, Andy Dalton is going to have to pass. I expect this game to have a lot of scoring, obviously, if I'm touting Big Ben, things like that. Um, but the Steelers have been great against the pass. They've yeah, been, they have been. Uh, upper echelon, no doubt, the whole season. So who's going to do it? Underneath Tyler Croft. He's been a tight end that gets more targets than your average tight end. Yeah. And I think he's been pretty successful at it. Now, coming off of their buy as well, they've had time to scheme and do all these things. They know that the Steelers have that good secondary. Right. And they're going to get this guy involved. They have a whole week to him or a whole week to themselves to get this guy to that next level that they want him to be at to replace Tyler Eifert. And it might even be worth a roster when you look down their schedule here. Um, I'm rostering him and I'm, I'm thinking about keeping him for a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, you know, in the bye week, they could, they easily transitioned from uh, Tyler Croft being Tyler Eifert's backup to Tyler Croft being the starting tight end, which, you know, can obviously change how they scheme the tight end to get open based off of his skill set. Exactly. And like you said, the, uh, you know, if you're going to beat Pittsburgh, it's not going to be throwing at Artie Burns. It's going to be trying to exploit, exploit it through the tight end and running back. Yeah, A.J. Green was almost my shut it down wide receiver, but then I remembered that we have to have T.Y. Hilton in one of these categories. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, I better switch that. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you, Tom. I think it's going to be a nice game down the middle for Croft. Um, Scott, let's move to you. Your t- plum pick tight end is Austin Safari. Wait a minute. Who is it now? It's a different Austin. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I like Austin Safari and Jenkins a lot this week. Tight end one. Yeah, he is a tight end one. But another tight end one this week is going to be Austin Hooper. Um, we talked about it when we were talking about who you should get as a waiver claim. I think he's a great plug and play in season long, and I think he's one of those must purchases in DFS just because he's getting too many targets against a defense that's letting up too many yards. And, you know, he's a playmaker. He's made big plays for them. And I think that, you know, this is the kind of game where he can really have one of those big breakout plays. And you know when he made a big play? Super Bowl. I was just about to say it. That's why I raised my hand. Sorry. Yeah, Um, because, I mean, you know, I'm all about Austin Hooper. He was an original plum pick, too. It's a big Mm -hmm. week for my OG plum picks here. (laughs) And my running back OG plum pick? Do you remember? No. Adrian Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you called. He was going to go to the Cardinals, and then he was going to start getting 30 carries a game. You had that nail. Tom has had his finger on the pulse of Adrian Peterson. You know what's crazy? We didn't hear about that plump pick the first four weeks. I know. It's so weird. I might have even shut him down one of those weeks. Um, Scott, did you say everything you wanted to about Hooper? I think you're good on Hooper. Start All right. Because the Titans play the Browns this week, so my plump pick tight ends are a combination of Delaney Walker and Jonu Smith. Okay. Delaney Walker, season long, he's definitely going to be a guy to keep your eye on because I think he's going to have got a big him, week. You're starting him this week. Absolutely. Yep. Daily fantasy, I like Jonu Smith because I think he's going to be cheap. And they've been kind of just scheming ways to get him the ball in space, which is Everything you want in a guy playing against the Browns. For sure. So I like I like both of them just in different settings. Like I said, Delaney Walker, a great season-long option. Jonu Smith, a great DFS option. You can buy cheap on a tight end, get nice running back and wide receiver depth as a result of that. So let's get to the slate. And I know we have a lot to talk about with the Bucks bills game. So why don't we start there? The Chiefs are playing the Raiders Thursday night, so let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about that. Like I said, I I really I complete plum pick call here. I really like the Raiders in this game. It is a complete, and plum I have pick no reason because why. The Raiders really have not been good against the Chiefs at all, especially since Alex Smith has been there. Uh, Carr has struggled. Even uh, Crabtree and Cooper have really struggled. They've they've both had like a couple, like one big game. I think it's a little easier to throw on. 
the Chiefs this year because they've been getting out to bigger leads. And missing Barry. Yeah, and missing Barry obviously is a big deal. So I think I'm okay with you starting those receivers. But, you know, I, I'm okay with you starting Marshawn too. Like what Don said, it's, you know, it's a feeling thing for him every week, I think. But, you know, when he it's comes out. a feeling out, reason he's when he comes out motivated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When he comes out motivated and runs hard, it's kind of it kind of shows itself. And the Chiefs guys, you know, you're firing up the whole gang. Yeah, the whole gang's good to go for the Chiefs. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up. Um, I think Travis Kelsey, he's gonna be fine. Had a little bit of um, a tough week because he couldn't get back on the practice field with his concussion. He got cleared late in the week, and because of that, he looked a little rusty. I think he's full systems go for this week, and I think he's gonna have another great week. Totally. All right, Ravens Vikings. This is one of those games Scott identified as one where he's kind of got no idea. I have a little bit of an idea. I think Jarek McKinnon is still going to be a big-time feature piece of the Vikings offense, and I think he's going to do well. Yeah, I mean, with the Ravens receiving core, I'm still not starting anyone from there. Uh, Ravens defense, I'm still comfortable with, especially because the schedule is good ahead, and it's been, you know, it's bailed you out with these uh, these extracurricular touchdowns right. that they've been getting so often. So I'd still stick with them unless you really want to roster someone else and you have the depth on your actual bench. Mm-hmm. Um, running backs on the Ravens. No way. Tough, right? man. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, but this week I like um, Alex Collins more. Okay. I think the bruiser is a little bit more valuable in this matchup, but I mean, if you're playing PPR, then you still got to go Buck Allen. It's like yeah, it it that's one of those divisions of labor that is clear. Yeah, it's it's one of those thunder and lightning ones. You know, pass catcher, bruiser, but it's, it's you know, I, I prefer still one, but I don't really want yeah. either. And the reason that it's tough to tell is because you really can't tell what the game script for every Ravens game is going to be like <laughs> because they've been so inconsistent throughout yeah. the course of this season. Yeah, they're actually I read they're averaging a hundred less passing yards per game than they were last year right are we uh sneaky rostering danny woodhead it's getting close to that time but there's been really nothing to show that when he comes back that he shouldn't get work you know it's not like buck allen's lighting the world on fire and it's not it's not like alex collins is either right exactly we're getting there you know he's week 11 or 12 so good a good point a good way to do it would be to pick him up during the ravens buy because even then, even, like no one's going to be looking at him during that time. So it might be a good idea to get him when nobody else has their attention on him. You might be able to get him as a free agent ad instead of making a waiver claim. The only him. problem is, is that it's week 10. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's getting that's when it starts to get close to when he's going to be coming back. So the rhetoric during that bye week could be like Danny Woodhead 100%, you know, yeah. and he's getting picked up. So maybe maybe week 9 or week yeah. 10, but you know, we'll 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 let you know week, during the week 9 recap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Saints Packers, I think we're full systems go for the Saints offense. Maybe a little hesitant on Ty Montgomery, like we said in the shut it down segment. I think I'm a little bit hesitant or more hesitant on Cobb than I am on Nelson and Adams just because Jordy can get open in the back of the end zone when they're in the red zone, basically whenever he wants. And I do think there is something to be said about how often Adams was targeted once Rodgers left the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the pecking order anyway. Uh Cobb is just the three man over there, and the Saints. I agree. All systems go. Kamara, Ingram. I think it's Michael a big Thomas. week for those two. I mean, I don't even hate a Ted Ginn start this week. Yeah. Uh, Sneed has not been, you know, very effective at all. No. It's really a shame that he had the injury and the suspension, and he's got a lot working against him. So yeah. maybe a sneaky guy next year, but not right now. Yeah. 
Jets Dolphins. I like the I like the passing game for the Jets in this week. I think in a weird way the the Jets pass game was more put together than the Falcons last week. So I'm not looking at what Matt Ryan did against the Dolphins and saying, well, if Matt Ryan can do that, then there's no way Josh McCown's going to be able to do any better. I think he can. I think the Jets are playing with a lot of confidence in their offense right now. So I'm okay with putting Josh McCown in as my starting quarterback in a DFS lineup if I'm feeling lucky. Yeah, I think this is actually going to be one of the more uh, interesting games, like just because they're gonna they're gonna keep it close, and uh, it's normally pretty entertaining from what I remember watching Jets games against Miami. You know, divisional. Yeah, you know, it's it's normally a pretty good battle. Um, of course, like you said, Austin's Ferry and Jenkins got to start him. Yep. Uh, I'm good with Landry, obviously. Uh, not too sure about still Devontae Parker. Kind of want to see. What the deal is with Parker? I'm not really sure if he's going yet. Oh, here a beat reporter saw him in the locker room walking, and he didn't limp at all. <laughs> that means absolutely <gasps> nothing. He's good to go. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's, yeah. Know, I would fade. Lock Stills. him in for three tutties. I would fade Stills a little bit more this week. Um, same reason that I didn't really like Amendola and uh, Hogan last week. But the problem is, is that he's still a lot like Cooks is, and Cooks did some damage. Yeah, but. You know, he's just got a worse quarterback, so I think that that kind of knocks him down a yeah, peg. Definitely. I don't think it's a great Stills week. I do like Stills as a player, though. Um, also, uh, Bilal Powell did not participate in practice today. I think if that continues, Forte yeah. is very much worth a start. He's got an uphill battle. Uh, let's stick with the running backs. What do we make of Ajay? A big performance last week. Do we think he can keep it up against the Jets this week? I think he will, yeah. I think that the Jets can actually kind of be run on, and it seems like they're starting to get that rapport with their running game going kind of like they did last year where it started to pick up steam kind of out of nowhere and then you saw these big games coming i think that they'll lean on it too against the jets because of how well the jet safeties have played yeah. and how morris claiborne has been able to play pretty well and i think it's a pretty good week for jack panthers bears the bears have been really surprising teams with how well their defense has been playing and how well they've been running the ball i think the way that they beat the ravens and the way that they beat the steelers I think they can easily catch the Panthers by surprise in this one as well, especially if Cam throws another three picks. I think it's a tough one for the Bears. Me I think, too. I think the Panthers actually uh, could put the beat down on these guys. Panthers have been looking really good, uh, especially defensively. And Trubisky, while a very good athlete, is certainly not polished yet. No. And there's a lot of mistakes. I think it can be a pretty exploitable week. I think the Panthers' defense is actually a pretty good start. Yeah, I have them in a couple leagues, and I'm like – Sneakily excited about it because in one of the leagues I have him, I have McCaffrey too, and the the Bears have been so bad like covering punts. So I'm hoping that I can get like a double down oh. McCaffrey punt return touchdown counts for the Panthers special teams touchdown. That, that would be such the like very a the cool extremely thing. rare running back defensive special team stack. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a uh, I had a Tyreek uh, Chiefs D stack. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. So you know uh, the Bears have been uh, for as many cool. Uh, special teams plays as they have because they have the punter touchdown. They've been pretty bad at actually covering the punts, so right. that's nice for him. And, and that's why they're faking so many I punts. I kind of agree with Tom. Unless Jordan Howard is really able to run as strongly as he has been against this Carolina front, which is it's very tough to do. They know um, it's coming. Then Yeah, exactly. Then I think the Bears could struggle yeah. on this one. Jags-Colts. I think this is a this is a big Jags week. Oh, um, baby. The Colts on a short week. The Colts on a week where, you know, they – at, at some point, this luck news continuing to get worse has to start weighing on the mentality of this team. And if it were me, 
it would be like right now. And I, I evidence that by saying like, I'm shutting him down. I'm cutting him where I have him. Right. Like, you know, that's, that might be how some of these Colts players feel. This is a very dejected team who had a big lead on Monday night and gave it away. And it's just not looking very good right now. I think the Jags who need a win after the, what happened to them against the Rams can go get one, especially if Fournette is healthy and rumbles the way he's been rumbling. Yeah. I think uh, they're going to, the, the Colts kind of had to turn this game into a ground and pound. So I kind of like Gore as a sneaky start this week, even though he hasn't been doing that well. Uh, everyone probably saw that gruesome injury that Turbin went through. Mm. So he's not going to be getting any announced of those, that Turbin's out for the year, you know, by the way. You know, he's not gonna, so Gore's going to be getting those big down back, you know, carries and Marlon Mack only got two carries last week. So it could be an, another big volume week for Gore. But I think other guys in this game is, you know, you're going to start for net if he's healthy. And uh, I, like I said, I like Marquise Lee. I agree. I mean, you could sneakily put Alan Hearns in there if Marquise Lee is a little banged yeah. up going into it. And uh, that's probably the only thing we left off. Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, let's get to Titans-Browns. The Browns' offense, I was like looking through some stats. David Njoku played 34% of the snaps, and Duke Johnson was on the field for 44%. Both easily the lowest numbers that both players had and what do you know? They got their doors kicked in by Houston. Right. Like, how do you not put your two best playmakers on the field? Like, that's what they are. They're the two best playmakers on the team, and both of them didn't play more than half the snaps last week. Well, now that Kaiser's back in at quarterback, um, you know, maybe maybe he'll swing it back up. You know, this team is such a mess yeah. that you can start any defense that is playing them. Even the Titans, who have really not been that good of a defense, I think they're worth a start. Don't start anybody on the Browns, really, besides Duke Johnson, if you if you need him for that garbage, because I think that there will be a lot of garbage opportunity in this game for him. And then on the Titans side, you know, pretty much fire up everybody, right? Yeah, Decker can Decker can get a flex look starting now because he's been getting a good amount of targets every week. You've got buys coming up. You're going to have receivers who are out. I think Decker's a decent option. I think you know he's getting more and more involved as the weeks go along so if you were able to get him or if you were smart enough to hold on to him he's going to start paying off bigger and bigger rewards if you're a henry owner but without owning murray would you start him this week yes because murray tweaked his hammy at the end of the colts game and i mean you saw what happened henry just started to barrel down the colts defense and eventually he just broke the levees loose and hit that long touchdown which by the way i don't know if you guys saw they covered on that play. So it was like the second straight Monday night game where a super late insignificant touchdown proved significant for many people in Las Vegas. Yeah. We'll screw up my fan duel to a degree as well, (laughs) but um, yeah, I agree. And he actually out um, rushed. Yeah. Henry, as far as attempts as well. Right. All right. Cardinals Rams. Now Rams offense looking much better than the Cardinals defense. I smell a Rams win. How about you guys? I think it's going to be a close game just because, like, you know, the divisional rivals normally are. And I think that the Cardinals may have found a better formula to win with feeding AP. And, you know, it's another good matchup for AP. So I think that it's possible that this game stays close because of that. But I think ultimately the Rams will take it. And I like Goff as a sneaky start this week. Goff is a sneaky start this week. I agree. And Adrian Peterson should be fed which does scare me if I was a Rams fan. Um, It doesn't scare me as an Adrian Peterson owner. At the same time, I think I would still even start the Rams defense. They've been pretty good. Yeah. Um, The the Cardinals offense doesn't scare me to the point that I wouldn't start the Rams defense because of how 
you know, they've been above average. There's no doubt about it. If there's something better out there, this is a defense that I would drop. But, um, you know, looking into the Rams offense, I'm not going Sammy Watkins. Um, I imagine he'll see a lot of Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I think it's Moscow Mule Week, though. Yeah, so DFS. could be a Moscow Mule Week. Yeah, I'm eyeing him in DFS, too. I was looking at the schedule because I was wondering why this game was starting at 1 o'clock. It's in Twickenham Stadium. I think this is a this is a England game. It is. Okay. It is a London game. I was like, game. what the hell? <laughs> I was oh. like, why is this in the 1 o'clock? But Wait, anyway. so it's starting at 1 o'clock, but it's in London because yeah. it's a wet, two West Coast teams? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, weird. That's why. Interesting. I was like, yeah, wait a minute. Like, it's not in St. Louis, so they're like well, starting at 1. Having no lived sense. on the West Coast, it would be at like 3 in the morning. Right. So it does make sense. Yeah, because the London games are at 6 a.m. as they are at 9 here. Well, I mean. So then, oh, it wouldn't be 3. I'm Sean McVay is what, hours. 21 years old? He's just out of college. Like He knows how to pull an all-nighter. <laughs> I think he's going to be fine. Um, let's move on now to the Cowboys and the Niners. At this time, Zeke's playing. Beyond that, good luck. But if he plays, you got to start him. Absolutely. Um, I think he's going to play, and you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to start him. He's going to probably ravage them. This is it right here, guys. Like, this is it's right before, like, suspension looms darker than it ever has. This is it for the Cowboys. Like, you might, this might be it for, you know, Zeke for six weeks. They're going to feed him. I feel like they're going to give him close to 30 touches against them, and he is going to go nuts. I agree. The the mini tragedy here, and I think I talked about it when we thought Zeke was suspended, is that McFadden would have been very serviceable in, the next, in these next couple matchups, and Zeke would have come back in Week 13. And now we're looking at Zeke being suspended into the fantasy playoffs if the suspension goes back on, Right. which... Does not brutal. make me happy, man. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't make any owner of him happy. I'm sure. Um, I got one dirt cheap stack for you in this game: Bethard, George Kittle. A lot of garbage. They pl- they played college together. Just throwing it out there, Don. You can laugh as much I as you it. want. I, I don't hate but it. At all. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for yeah. a lot of throws and a lot of opportunity. Oh yeah, I didn't mean to. I just you know just hearing it. it's yeah. just so funny. <laughs> Like CJ Bathard, George Kittle, go for it. Stack um, them up. Yeah. I think Pierre Garcon is a fine start this yeah, week. Yeah, me too. And I think, you know, not in a regular league, but maybe in a DFS kind of play, you could use Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, and obviously firing up Hyde. Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. All righty, let's move on now to. I should probably have the slates loaded up. Bengals, Steelers. Bengals coming off a bye. Tough AJ Green week because he does get. Uh, What's his name? Smithers or Burns? Artie Burns. Um, so it's going to be a tough week for him. Although if any if any wide receiver can bust through a good corners coverage, it's him. AJ Green um, saying, "Come at me." My biggest question comes from a guy this. in this matchup, Tom, that you actually brought up a little bit earlier. Joe Mixon. I don't really know what to make of him in the league where I do have him. I'm benching him for a guy like Chris Thompson. You know, where do you have him ranked this week? It's funny. I you know right above Doug Martin, basically, yeah. right? Like. I think that he's going to be more of a volume play than a matchup play here. The Steelers' defense, worse versus the run than they are versus the pass. For sure. So it's kind of the path of least resistance. But, you know, game flow, you never know how this thing's going to go, those divisional matchups, those rivalry matchups. And for me, I'm confident starting him, but it's not like I'm exuding confidence. It's not. I, I would rather start Mark Ingram. I would rather start Jarek McKinnon. Right. There's a there's a list of guys that I would rather start that have just kind of come into fruition. Mm-hmm. But Joe Mixon can go out there and surpass 
your Mark Ingrams and your McKinnons this week at the same time. So he's a he's a floor play for sure. Right. I think he's going to get a lot of volume. He's Agreed. coming off the bye. Just a lot of things make sense about it. Um, but you know, we'll see. There's guys I prefer. There's right. guys I like less. That's just the yeah. I agree. RB fifteen. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like yeah. A, he's, he's like, like a middle a of the pack guy. High end too. Okay, yeah, but but he could he could produce because you know people have gotten loose for big runs on the Steelers. You know, Jordan Howard ripped off that long one to get them that overtime win, and Leonard Fournette ripped off that long one. So you know that's all it takes. A Jai yeah. for two hundred last year. Right. Yeah. Okay. Two hundred yards. Joe Mixon. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, let's go to Giants, Seahawks Giants. Uh, another tough matchup for the Giants. I don't think they're going to catch the Broncos off a bye the way that they're going to catch the Seahawks off of a bye. I think the Seahawks offense is a little bit easier to trust than the Broncos right now. So I don't see them. It is. You know, maybe. <laughs> easier to trust than the Broncos at its current state, yeah. but it's not a shining example. Jimmy Graham has the matchup of matchups this week, along right. with Danny, Delaney Walker. Um, these are the two tight ends that you want to target when you're looking at those um, weak tight end defenses. Yeah. So because of that, I have some confidence in Russell Wilson finally. I really think he can get it done. You know, um, the Jackrabbit is out there, but Doug Baldwin plays a lot from the slot. He's basically, you can call him one of the, you can call him the best NFL slot receiver right now yeah because there's no julian edelman right now you know what i mean adam thielen would have something to say but continue yeah well doug baldwin said kiss the ring you know (laughs) so doug baldwin is he's not been great for you so far i did just trade for him in our league so i don't i don't want to get the uh the daggers in the eyes that i'm just rooting for my own fantasy team but you do those but but you do those things for a reason you know doug baldwin has come on in the second half of the last two years he's finished in the top 10 in the last two years they're coming off the bye it's a get right game and god i hope it is i think the giants are gonna hang in this game me too um, their defense looked pretty good. Uh, I didn't see the Seahawks get any new offensive linemen over the bye, and I assume they didn't get markedly better over this past week. So JPP, three sacks last week. He looks strong. Yes, he does. Um, you know, I could see this game being close, and I could see it being ugly, very ugly, because the Giants found out, hey, maybe we can run the ball 30 times with Orleans Darkwa and play a close game and maybe win it on our defense. I mean... This is a good Evan Ingram week, too. In back-to-back weeks, he plays a tough defense. I get that, but the Seahawks can be had against the tight end. And so, you know, they're using him not just as a tight end, but as a wide receiver. So this really could be another good Ingram week. We could start to see the Giants pass game again shift towards Evan Ingram. I'm rolling him out wherever I can get him this week as well. I think if Sterling Shepard is available uh, going into their bye this week, you roster him and you wait for him to come out on the other side with some good matchups, he could be very simply the de facto wide receiver one in that offense. Yeah, all right. Let's move on now. Broncos Chargers. The Chargers had a tough time against the Broncos defense week one. The Giants maybe had a blueprint of how to beat that Broncos defense. Um, Do we see Melvin Gordon have an Orleans Darkwell-like game this week? Not Orleans Darkwell-like because he does it in a different way. So he's going to get those receiving yards, and it's not going to be you know 27 carries for 110 yards. It's probably going to be 20 carries for 80 yards and six catches for you know 50 yards and probably a touchdown with how good Melvin has been playing. So I mean the production 
on a raw scale, yes, but the way it's going to be done, I think will be a little bit. And that was my question involving Melvin Gordon, so I'll pose it to you, Tom. Does Melvin Gordon score 30 fantasy points in PPR leagues again this week? No way. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> fine. Um, for the Broncos, you know, DT is going to be fine. If he can do it against the Jackrabbit, he can probably do it against Casey Hayward. The only thing hindering Demarius Thomas this week is going to be that shoulder injury that we mentioned with Trevor Simeon. Um, I'm actually streaming the Chargers defense in a league where I'm desperate for a streamable option this week. How about... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, we talked about the Chargers defense in the beginning of the year. This was the first matchup that they would have. We thought, you know, if it stays low scoring, you know, they get an interception, Casey Hayward, they get some sacks. Right. Um, what's this freaking Bosa Joe, Joe and, Bosa. and Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I couldn't get it off the tip of my tongue. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a huge chance that they can put up some uh, defensive fantasy points. They haven't been delivering on that promise just yet, but the season is young and the team is yeah. good. You know, they... Casey Hayward led the league in interceptions last year, so these things can happen. So yeah. do you guys um, play Hunter Henry this week, even though he didn't get a target the first time they played? That's a really tough call. Um, I could see why people would do it and bench him. I could also see why people would say, he's riding a heater, I'm going to keep him going, and hopefully I don't get proven wrong. So I guess it's this. I don't have any shares of him, so I guess I can't really formulate a, a a reliable opinion on him for this game. I would start him just uh, stay in the flames kind of thing. You don't, I don't like to chase the points, but I don't think this is that. I think we don't know exactly what was going on week one with the chargers. We are over a month removed from that. Yeah. It's just the next opponent. It just so happens to be one they already played. Right. And the, they haven't been lights out versus tight ends. No, right. not at all. Yeah. And someone I do want to bring up for the Broncos is uh, Fowler, Benny Fowler. Right. Yep. Um, he had a great uh, start to the season, and now with the two touchdowns Sanders, against the Chargers. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Forgot about that. Even though I was bringing him up, <laughs> they were, it was against the Chargers. Now Emmanuel Sanders is not going to play. So Benny Fowler, very sneaky play. Um, you probably just put him into my daily fantasy lineup there, Don. All right. Falcons, Pats. If you've got a piece of this matchup, I would say go for it. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game. Besides Gillisley. Besides Gillisley, yeah. I think that was the only one I was going to have any level of um, apprehension towards because I think Deion Lewis might be stealing Mike Gillisley's job, which is super weird that the Patriots offense might actually be able to be to make Deion Lewis and James White both startable when we thought that they were going to be used to do the same thing. Well, they're passing it so much, and I'm hoping that when Rex Burkhead comes back, he'll actually have an impact. They do have, you know, a great stable of running backs and they rotate the position so much that I could see James White falling out of favor. I don't think it's going to happen this week or whatever, but I don't think he, it's tough to say, oh, this Patriots running back is going to go wire to wire for them. You know, it doesn't usually yeah, it's happen. never happened. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm weary as a Patriots running back owner in any case. And Gillisley can go out there and get a huge workload. But because of Belichick's history with fumblers and you know distrust, I wouldn't start him this week. I, even if it broke my heart, broke my heart after the fact. Right. I'd be happy to not start him because he can go out there and goose egg this week. Right? Yeah, no doubt. And for Atlanta, like this is time, right? It's, it's got to be Julio time. So long. Like we need to see what we saw last year in this offense, or it's time to hit the panic button. I think for everybody, this is the matchup. You know, everyone has been just burning the pats. So if if they come out here and, you know, they lay another turd, it's time to start panicking. Yeah, absolutely. 
Monday night, we've got Washington and Philadelphia. This is actually a battle for first place in that division. I like Washington. I also love Chris Thompson. I think you can roll him out as a running back too, and he's really your wide receiver too at this point. Um, No word on Rob Kelly yet. It looks like he's on track to possibly play. With that late start though, I don't know that you can consider Kelly as a starter, but if Kelly's going to start, then you got to make other plans if you were planning on rolling with Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, you said that exactly right. The receivers, I don't really even value any of them higher than the other. Like, Terrell Pryor and Jameson Crowder are basically interchangeable for me right now, and I would say Doxson is just slightly below them. Yeah, Uh, Gruden said today that he wants to get Josh Doxson more involved. You know, we'll see what that that exactly means. Of course. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey, a great play. Yeah, if no Norman again. Norman does not play. Is he confirmed out? I haven't seen anything that suggests that he might play. Pretty so confident I would assume he's not going to play. He's yeah. probably going to be out. So I, Alshon Jeffrey experiences an uptick in that. I did read that he's recovering quicker right. than uh, than most with 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 this injury. So um, it wouldn't shock me if he played. But I think Alshon could you know take advantage of a a hurt Alshon Norman just by virtue of his size. Right. Absolutely. And um, Aguilar, how do you guys feel? Absolutely. Aguilar this no week. problem with rolling him out every week from here on out. I mean, he's been that good. He's he, getting red zone targets too, which is impressive because, you know, you, you wouldn't really think that as such a deep guy, but he has scored a couple touchdowns right around or inside the 20. So I'm fine with him. I'm fine with LeGarrette Blunt too. Absolutely. What, what position rank, what wide receiver rank do you think he is in standard? In standard? Aguilar? Yeah. He's probably pretty good. Uh, 13. 12. Good guess. Oh, he's a wide receiver one right now. Absolutely. That's awesome. They haven't Good hit for their him. bye, but, you know, that's still. Right. Still, still great. Yeah, absolutely. That's still a lot of really good players that he's ahead of. Um, that's going to do it for us. We will. We hope you guys enjoy the games. It's going to be an interesting week. Uh, hopefully it's not as sloppy as the, the last couple have been. But uh, we hope you enjoy the games. Let us know how you're doing with your lineup settings on Twitter, at RutzFF. We're happy to hand out uh, who to start advice. We're happy to hand out trade grades if you'd like it as well. Uh, you can hit us up at RutzFF. Scott is at WagsFF. Tom is at HillierFF. I am at WhySoSerious. And uh, we, will, we hope you guys enjoy the games. Like I said, hit us up on Twitter. And... Uh, We'll see you on the other side with a celeb interview for next week. Correct. All right. We'll see you on Tuesday for the Week 7 recap. Until then, keep scoring. (laughs) 